Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're Gold Hockey Podcast presented by the Black and Gold Productions Hockey Podcast Network and sponsored by betonline.ag. You can go to betonline.ag and put in code CLNS50. Today is December 27th, 2020, and it is episode 209. I'm your host, Matt Barry, and I'm joined every week by Heather Ingerson. Hello, Heather. Hello. How are you guys today? Great, great. And and Mark Allred joins us every week. Hi, Mark. Good afternoon, my friends. Nice to have the trio back together for one more time before 2020 officially uh, swirls its way down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. It is circling the drain right now. So, uh, But uh, thankfully, 2021 is around the corner and hopefully a better year to come. And right now, uh, Mark has some words about bet online. I do. NFL football continues this week, which has a few surprise teams at the top of the standings. And you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at betonline.ag. No matter how schedules change or players that play, 
BetOnline.ag is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. Head over to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. And please don't forget to use promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50, folks. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. Awesome. Thank you, Mark. And hockey is back. It's coming back January the 13th. And uh, it seems like it wasn't that long ago that it ended, but it also seems like years ago. It's kind of a weird feeling. But uh, we're glad to have hockey back. And, and Heather, you must be as excited as I am to have that the hockey is back. Um, I am pumped. I don't remember the guy in TSM, but he or, or, ho- actually maybe it was Hockey Central, but he was doing this dance and he had it out on Twitter and it went viral. And that's he was just doing the dance. I think all hockey fans were feeling. I was like, I can't stop watching this because I think we're all very excited. I'm very pessimistic, as you know, like I said, once I know that something's been signed, I am all in because I do love hockey very much. And it's right around the corner. I got all my dates. I've already got my notes. I'm like very excited. So I'm like Donkey Kong, still hoping for a defenseman. But let's proceed, gentlemen. Yes, very, very (laughs) excited. Uh, nothing is getting me more happier than the, the word of hockey coming back. I had a feeling I'm not so optimistic or pessimistic as, as Heather is, excuse my words there, but, uh, I had a feeling that once the big, big names like Dreger and, um, and, uh, Friedman and, and those guys were talking that it, a deal is going to get done and it's very close to being done. I was, I was hooked hook, line and sinker for me. Let's get this game, these games going, uh, shortened season. We'll talk about it, but, uh. No, it's been it's been really good, and 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 just want to jump in real quick and just say that twenty twenty one is going to be a really big year for everybody at Black and Gold Hockey Productions Sports Media Company. We have uh, YouTube's uh, YouTubers come in to join us. We got new podcasts, we got new writers, so please uh, jump on board. All that information at blackandgoldhockey.com to get your updated info, your pre and post game information. So uh, wherever you need some Boston Bruins talk, we're we're going to be uh, your affiliate. So. We would certainly appreciate the continued support. Now, the Bruins are in the East Division, and uh, you know some mixed feelings about whether or not you know they're not going to be able to play the Canadian teams, so Toronto and, and Montreal, and then Tampa Bay uh, won't be in the division. So they're playing the same, you know, seven teams eight times. It's going to lead to some, I think, some some. Uh, you know, angry feelings towards each other after a while. <laughs> you get the same, uh, you know, same teams over and over again. You're going to develop some little mini rivalries, I think, this year. So I guess there's two ways to look at it. You can say, well, they don't have the traditional rivals on the uh, on the schedule, but they do have some teams in Philly and Islanders and Washington and Pittsburgh that are very competitive teams and could provide some, uh, you know, could provide some some hostile uh, feelings towards each other as the season goes on. So I didn't know, Mark, what your feelings were on the division setup. The I mean, case, of course, beggars can't be choosers. We have to take hockey for what it is, and it's a shorter season, and it's and it's uh, more regionalized, and that's fine as long as there's hockey. That's fine. But what are your thoughts on the division makeup? Yeah, for for a one year thing uh, to get everybody vaccinated and and in in the seats for next year. It's, it's not a bad idea. You lock your Canadian teams up over the border and you regionalize uh, where you can. I, I know that 
the uh, the 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 split up of the Atlantic Division is a little awkward with like teams like Florida and so on being in the Central. That's kind of strange, but um, keeping it close up in the East, uh, you're going to see some teams that you you normally don't see on a regular basis, like the uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Philadelphia Flyers, the Rangers. I know you see them four games, but not as many as eight in a season. And uh, you're absolutely right; it's going to it, it could stir up some some uh, old blood from history. I mean, you could really see the uh, the big bad Bruins and the Broad Street Bullies going at it at the top of the uh, <laughs> of the division. So uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, it's going to be a change of pace, obviously, and um, you know it's good that we're not doing the whole big major bubble systems or anything like that. But uh, I'm just pumped to to actually see it and. And uh, there's some teams that are, are going to be trouble, like Philadelphia, that's going to have the goaltending. But uh, in in recent uh, you know months and, and trades, yeah, like Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh lost Matt Murray, so their goaltending issues are going to be uh, a, a big ones. And also Washington Capitals with Henrik Lundqvist, uh, you know he's going to be out, so they're going to be heavily relied on possibly a rookie Elias Samsonov. So. There's, there's some good and some bad that are, are going to be going into this upcoming season, and I'm looking forward to it. So, Heather, how do you feel about the divisions? Um, one, I'm kind of excited to use the word intra-divisional because we don't use the word intra too much. It's always intra this and intra that. So I do like the intra-divisional play for one year. I don't want to play like that all the time. Um, I did a little survey about how the other fans were doing and. Obviously, I always put ridiculous answers, but it seems that most people think it's going to be an adventure and we're about split on. It's sad to not see Toronto and Montreal, and I'm a little nervous. I kind of land on I'm traumatized we don't play Montreal. This is the first time in like 100 years or whatever we haven't played Montreal, and that makes me sad. I can give up Toronto for a year, but that kind of hurts. I am excited to play like Phil, like. I guess at my age, like, so Philly and the Rangers were still big rivals. You know what I mean? It's always a big rival with the original six ones, but like, it was still kind of that broad street versus causeway feel when I was a kid, you know? And so I'm excited to maybe see Philly. Also Philly is they're stacking themselves to be a good powerhouse, like up and coming, you know, taking over. Uh, even if we were in our traditional conferences or whatever divisions there. So that's exciting. I do think, I understand why we have to play just in the division eight times the same people. I do think it's going to get a little boring though. Like um, that's just me personally, uh, but I understand why they have to do it and they still can fit 56 games in. Uh, we can talk, we'll talk about the playoffs in a little bit, like the format for that, um, which I enjoy better than what we did last year for back to play if we had to, but um, I don't know. I'm feeling it'll be a good adventure. I think it'll be fun. I mean, we're still not, you know, we're still playing some tough teams. It does Washington. I feel not a little better. Obviously I don't want Henrik Lundqvist to be ill. I'd rather him be there and be in that and you know, whatever, but uh, Washington's kind of looking not as Washington-y for a little bit, who knows. And it'll be interesting to see who can come out the gate because when you only have 56 games, you don't have that two weeks that you can suck during the year at some point, which the Bruins are traditional with. So hopefully, like I said, maybe we'll still get a defenseman, make me feel a little bit better. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, whoo, hockey's on like Donkey Kong starting on the third training camps. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I like the I, I I like the division makeup, just the regional makeup. But I I think that the Bruins are the class of this division, and pe- people are saying that. Well, you know, they this is a pretty tough division. I, as you said, Heather, Washington isn't as good as they were. Pittsburgh is they're on the backside of their you know their heyday. 
the Islanders are good and up and coming. I have a lot of respect for Barry Trotz. He was a coach up here in Portland, Maine. He won a couple of the Capitals. I have a lot of respect for what they do, especially after losing John Tavares. I mean, they've they've been tremendous uh, since he left. Um, and the Philadelphia, I, I think you're right. I think Philadelphia and Boston are probably fighting for that. But other than that, I, you know, I think that the Bruins are the class of this division, and I think Philly's probably one A. And I, um, and I think that, you know, obviously with COVID and health, a big factor, if the Bruins can avoid any incidents, you know, with that, and they can stay relatively healthy, then I think they, I think they win this division. I, you know, again, Washington has been a thorn in their side for years, but I don't think they're as good as Heather mentioned. Uh, and I don't think Pittsburgh is as good as they've been in the past. And I think that the Islanders and Philly are up and coming. And I think that's about it. I mean, I think the Bruins are, are right there. They have to get past uh, not having Pasternak for a bit. I guess the rehab's coming along nicely, and he should be back at some point. But they do miss a huge goal-scoring aspect there. Uh, a lot will be put on Craig Smith in his first year, first few games with the Bruins. And they'll need some young guys to step up defensively, obviously. And then, of course, to Rask and where his head is at. So there are some questions there, but I think on paper – I think the Bruins win this division. I don't. I, uh, I. I really do, and I think it's a shorter season, so a lot more can happen. A lot of kooky stuff can happen, but I really like the Bruins to win this division. Um, next item on the agenda: What will return to play look like? The roster sizes, travel, testing, fans. So this is a real. Obviously, this is going to be quite a bit to manage. They managed the bubble really well. I mean, they were a model in the band. I, I don't get to say that much about the NHL, them being a model by anything. But in this uh, past season with the bubble situation, they did it beautifully and um, avoided cases. And uh, it was it was excellent. It was a good product on the ice, all of those things. The Bruins are one, I, I read that they're one player above the roster limit at 24 when they need to be down to 23. And a potentially uh, one-way contract could be in the mix, uh, in the mix of uh, being sent down. So, Mark, we'll start with you on, on roster sizes and travel and how they're going to be able to shake this out. I think travel is easier, obviously. But now you're going into, you're letting guys outside of the bubble and of course, there's going to be cases, and and how do you think it's going to shake out? Yeah, I, I, it's, it's it's going to be tough, but it, I'm sure that they're they're all doing their due diligence with with uh, health professionals, and and just the way that they did the bubble in um in Toronto and Edmonton uh, for the uh, return to play for the Stanley Cup playoffs, um it, it's going to be challenging. But I I heard that this was one of the big things that was big on the the players and the league on an agreement. They didn't want to go into a full lockdown. They really wanted to have a little more uh, freeway to see family and so on. And, and hopefully they can all quarantine together. Or um, I really don't know because I, I it's been kind of a shit show of a day here at the Black and Gold um, Production Studio. Um, but I don't know if there's actually been a, a, a schedule released or, or it has been released. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, how are they? How are they? Are they going to be uh, structured? Uh, are they going to be playing back-to-back games, or or is that something we're going to talk about later on? Well, it's kind of all we have. Our general, like, let's just talk about back to play. So it doesn't really matter. It's one of those Sundays, Mark. We can go wherever you want to go right now. So this is how it looks like right now. You can invite thirty-six people to training camp, no goalie limit. 
And we're going to have 23 man squads plus a four to six man taxi squad. So that solves the problem for if some of the younger people don't really make it out of camp, because it's going to be at the jump, you better show something at camp. And like, obviously like if David crazy looks a little slow, no one's not letting him be on the opening night roster, but you know, so it is going to be kind of cool to see the sink or swim. And it's a shorter training camp with no preseason. So on the 31st, all the loser teams, I mean, the people who didn't make the playoff return to playoff, they get to open camp the rest of us after new year's. It's nice. They let us still party all the winners in there, but, um, and then, like you said, you have to shave it down. You can only have 23 people. And I think you're right. We're a player over currently. I don't know what's going on with that, but who knows? And then on the 13th opening game, our first puck drop, we play Philly at Philly. As always, we stay, I mean, New Jersey and New Jersey. As always, we start away. We never start at home. And our opening night, I think, I wrote it down somewhere, but I believe our first game at home is the 21st and we play Philly at home or something like that. So things are happening fast and furious. Training camps will be opening when we talk next. Yes. Yes. Right. That's, that's exciting. Yeah. There is a lot of back to backs, but it's like, um, we play Washington twice at home. We play the Islanders twice at their home. Right. Space. And it looks like there's built in, even though they're, it's mostly still the every other day. Like it is, there are a few back to backs, but there's also a few, instead of having like bye weeks there's a few stretches where a team has five or six days, they don't play. So like you had alluded to before, they can maybe get home and actually rest, like let them have a home stand, let them stay home for a little bit. See, I, 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 less travel is better. Right. Yeah. I was under the impression that the schedule would be, um, and this is, this is uh, because I, I didn't fully research this and this is my bad, but, I thought it would be like uh, you play two in Boston and then the team would travel to New York, the Islanders and play two and kind of work in like a circle. Yeah, it's not okay. totally like yeah, that, Mark, up. but like I, just to like give you a sample, like this is January for us. They start at Jersey on the 14th and they play at Jersey again on the 16th. Then we play one game versus the Islanders on the 18th and then we start two games at home versus Philly on the okay. 21st and 23rd. Then Pittsburgh okay. comes in and plays at home two games. Then we go off to Washington for two games. So okay. it's kind of like oh, that okay. baseball, like we were talking about with baseball, but it's more like a mini series. Yeah. Yep. There's a few singles, yeah. like you travel through the island yeah. area. So you might yeah. as well on the way back to Boston, but it is right. pretty condensed. It's more like, so we won't be playing eight. So it's more like you play your two, you play your two, you play your two, you, and you rotate, and then we'll play the other two, you know, home. Yeah, okay, that right. makes sense. It's almost like a college hockey setup. It's almost yeah, like yeah. a hockey. Setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was kind of thinking about too, Matt. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, actually, it's kind of cool. I mean, I if you could, if you had tickets, if you could get into the building, it'd be cool to get a couple of games in. You know, if you could, if you were traveling, like say you were a Devils fan, and came to Boston, you get two games Thursday, Friday. It's too bad that the fans can't come because that would be kind of neat. Right. Um, well, next no on the agenda, the North, start, the Canadians. Okay. No, I was going to say, they said no fans to stop. No, so they're hoping that some vaccines are given out. Yeah. Right, right, People, right. You know, and right. hopefully by the time it's the Stanley right. Cup playoffs, oh. they can fill those buildings. As a matter of fact, standing room right. only seats, as long as they don't, you know, violate the health thing. I don't see why you can't have a couple thousand people. Basketball right. has extra seats. Well, well here's, here's my prediction. Here's my prediction. April 1st, by April 1st, I think the, the government, the sports leagues... Everybody is going to be really pushing hard once the vaccine is out and dispersed to largely everyone. I think you're going to see almost an immediate opening of 
things. Now, I don't know how much capacity and things like that, but I think you're going to see fans in stands in the arenas by like April, because I think once those vaccines, third, fourth rounds go, I think you're going to see this is going to be too much pressure. There's too much money lost. And I think you're going to see them almost immediately start opening doors and it may not be full capacity, but it's going to be something. Yeah. Uh, I just well, can't perfect. see it going any longer. Then, we played you know, Pittsburgh in the summer April 1st. again. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Pittsburgh, right. April yeah. 1st. They're yep. letting 25 fans in, and we're going to be tickets. three of them. <laughs> okay. We're right. That's right. We'll, pull it. We'll, we'll, we'll go to our connections to that. Um, so, again, so up north, the Canadians, see, here's the problem when you have two countries involved is that there's different rules. So, Canada, you know, has been facing some lockdowns, and they've been much more sort of conservative and you know, they've probably done a better job. Their population is far fewer, though. So that's the one caveat when you're talking about who's done it better. But the Canadians, uh, you know, those those provinces, provinces, uh, they've been on, on board and facing some lockdowns. And there was talk of should the Canadian teams just be moved down into the United States and just have them play in a bubble sort of situation at different sites and, and that. So I, I don't think it's going to be much of a problem. I think that Canada, I think they'll play their schedule and we'll play our schedule and so forth. But I didn't know if you thought, it didn't be thought that uh, that could be a, a, a roadblock down the road. I know recently I read an article, I think it was Sportsnet, that they did pass um, a rule saying that um, hockey teams can play in their own um, provinces. So uh, the, big, the, nice. big, the big one was Vancouver. And Vancouver out in BC has some very strict health code rules uh, that are uh, COVID related. So that passed. So there's, I don't think there's going to be any issue um, moving forward. Still no border travel, but those, those seven teams can still play each other. And uh, that's going to be some really good hockey. We talked about it with John Duncan on last week's Black and Gold Hockey podcast, uh, bringing in him and introducing him to the uh, the program as our new YouTuber on uh, BNG Weekly. Please go to uh, YouTube and subscribe and hit the notification bell for that because John's a great guy and uh, he's going to do some really good things for our our uh, sports media team. So we did talk about that and and man, I mean Edmonton and, and Calgary. That's going to be some fun watch, fun hockey to watch uh, eight times a year. Sure, no, no doubt, absolutely. I, um, I think actually the Canadian teams play each other ten times a year because there are less people in their division, so they all play ah, each other ten times. Oh, jeez. Ah, um, this wow. is my thing with that is, I, I had added a couple days ago, and that's when some of the provinces were about to go into lockdown. Like you, if Ottawa, go, if Ontario goes into lockdown, that's an issue. Toronto, Ottawa, you know what I mean? You go. Yeah, and, that's, that's sure. Alberta's on lockdown. That's a problem. That's Edmonton and Calgary, two out of seven teams that cannot travel or play or whatever the rule would be at the time. Right. So they were a little nervous about that. And like Mark said, the other day they said, you know, they've agreed. And it's like, of course, it's they're going to figure out how to let hockey work. They're not going to. Can you imagine if like look at how traumatized we are about hockey East this year and how things have rolled out here and there. Yeah. Imagine being 
Canada and not yeah. being able to watch NHL hockey, you know, yeah, and whatever. Right. Or ever have to hear how it was the Toronto Maple Leafs year this year and no, they didn't get to play. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. That would um, be quite, that would be awesome if they, if they would end up winning on a shortened season and we can use that asterisk uh, for the Maple Leafs. That'd be great. I well, would want them to win. How about this one? Just to stick it to them. How about this one? The Bruins go to the Stanley Cup finals in 2021 and they play the Montreal Canadiens. The Montreal Well, they play the Toronto Maple Leafs. Outstanding. That would, that be, would be fantastic. It really would be. It really is. There been, has there any been has there been any talk of where a Stanley Cup final would be? Would it be in that site, or would Canada move across? I have no idea. I, 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 have, I haven't heard anything about that going forward. Of course, it's it's still early. It would be like June, right? The, yeah, I went through thing. the like. Um, I like documents because I'm a weirdo and I read a lot of the like return to play stuff. I didn't get through all the like testing protocol and travel protocol or whatever, but so this is what the plan is. Cause like the top half, everything has an asterisk, like just know that it is COVID and we'll figure, you know, if Canada goes into lockdown, we'll figure it out. So this is how it's rolling out is that it, they don't have anything about that part yet. What their hope is, is that they have the playoff set up that uh, let's see what day were we, so May 8th is the last regular season game, and we play the Rangers at home that day. Okay. May 8th, they start the cup playoffs. Okay. So for playoffs, the top four teams in each division play intradivisionally for the first two rounds. Okay. So the people who sent, end up in the semis are okay. the top two teams of each division. In oh, nice. So it's almost like the old Adams division. Yeah, uh, and then playoffs. they play yeah. each other. I'm nice. assuming that it's going to be um, – West, probably East and Canada playing each other and West and Central or something. That, right. But they didn't really have that in there because, again, I'm sure that's ongoing because they kind of mm. go with the flow. So right. then in the semis, you have basically two teams from each division and then they play semis and finals to go to the cup. Oh, I see. So you're so, talking like June anyway before any of that happens. So May yeah. 11th is when they can start the playoffs and July 9th is the last day to award the cup because we okay. all know no one's going against the Summer Olympics that got rescheduled for a year. Oh, right. So, they, right. That, so that's the critical dates in that format. So basically okay. you play your division eight or ten times if you're Canada. Okay. The top four teams go. I like this better than last year because I don't think loser teams should be able to play in. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like like last year, one of the things I kept saying, and I know, Matt, well, you weren't on it, but I kept saying to Mark, it bothers me. Why didn't you just pick the top eight? I think it should be one through eight from each. This is obviously a different circumstance, but I don't think there needs to be 24 teams. That means only right. seven of your teams or maybe once the cracker and eight teams don't make the playoffs. I like this better because at least it's the top 16 teams are going into the tournament as right. opposed to whatever. Right. And I'm not criticizing again. Well, we I, I lie, think that it, it was done the last time just to appease teams. Like yeah. you, you, I mean, it was such a change in what they were doing that they wanted to include as many teams as possible just to, just because they felt they had to, I think it's just, yeah. you know, the more they did, the better that, the you know, to have half the league play, what was it? Two weeks and then not play ever again. <laughs> After all that, I yeah. think was a stretch. So I think they just tried to include as many as they could, but I don't want to ever see that again. I don't even like 16 teams in it, to be honest with you. What? I think there's too many teams already in it. I'll tell you what I didn't like about it. It was a playoff team getting in and still getting the first round pick. Mr. New York right. Rangers and yeah. Alexa Frenier. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was just a complete cluster. One of those one of those seven teams that didn't make it into the postseason should have gotten that pick. 
Yeah, I, I mean, think Detroit that... Red Wings are terrible. <laughs> they should have got the pick. See, I don't understand, like, why we do it the stupid way we do it, because they used to do it. If you were the worst team, a.k.a. Detroit, you got the top pick because yeah. you suck and you need the most help. You right. need, now, if you trade that pick away and you're, you know, whatever, at the trade deadline, that's on you. But it used to go worst to first. That's why the Bruins, we perpetually pick later in the rounds because we've been a good team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pittsburgh, they pick low. Mm-hmm. And the, right. the stupid draft lottery. And then, I mean, I, last year was all also about legal contracts and shit they had to satisfy. Like you said, they had to let some of the teams in because some of the signing bonuses and this and that, like loans and all this uh, legalese that we aren't really privy to, but we kind of know happens in the contracts. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. So that, that'll be exciting. Although it will be exciting. One thing I am looking to with the North division is everyone keeps saying the battle of Alberta and that's cool, but I think it's going to be awesome watching the Kachuk brothers play. Yeah, that's what I was talking because about. Because their personalities, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever, it, yeah. that is going to be fun. And it's going to be fun because Ottawa did a lot to improve themselves. I'm not saying they're winning the North division, but Ottawa is one of those exciting teams. They're one of those teams like Montreal. I hate to say it, but like, sure, you're not going to be the superstars, but you did a lot of good moves. Even Coach Claude was happy with the youth like kind of sightings and movings like, Hey, it's going to be exciting. We got the core. And like, we kept talking about, they need defense and stuff. And they did a lot. It's going to be fun to watch some of those teams emerge, especially against playing the Toronto's and the Vancouver's and the Calgary, you know, Ottawa drafted well too. Yeah, they did really well. And they they just picked up Derek Stepan, which, you know, he's, he's older, he's 30, fifth line, but he gives them a veteran veteran presence. Yep. Uh, one-year deal. You only pay him $2 million. It's a $6.5 million cap hit, but they needed to get to the floor, I think. They have a ton of cap space, Yeah. so they made that deal yesterday. So Ottawa, yeah, Ottawa is going to be up and coming. I mean, they have so much cap space and the high picks that, they, you know, unless they really screw it up, they, they should be able to turn it around pretty quickly here. Uh, and Montreal made great. I thought Montreal had maybe arguably the best offseason of any team. I mean, they made really good moves, and and they had a really good run in the postseason. They they uh, they really improved vastly in a year's time. So they're dangerous. So maybe this is a good year not to play Montreal. <laughs> yeah, no know. shit. Jeez. Oh, my God. We're a team um, in transition. Yeah, I mean they, you know, Claude, uh, you know, he's Claude's Claude, but I think uh, you know sometimes he gets a little long in the tooth, and they end up moving, you know, and changing coaches, and they may because I think at some point they'll go with a more dynamic uh, type of setup. But right now the discipline thing is working for them. Yeah. So but if just, Montreal, if Montreal doesn't do anything this year, you could see Bergevin, uh, Bergevin, whatever you want to call him. He'd probably be his last season as a GM. Yeah. They could, think, they could wipe that thing out. Yeah. I think he needs to go before Claude. I think that these young kids in Montreal, like, like they kind of like it. Like Matt said, they're kind of in there. Um, Claude is excellent to shape some young players and how to be, like hard skating, you know, whatever kind of, cause right. he has coached long enough in the new school, although maybe the young kids aren't always his favorite, but again, we've said Cassidy, that can be said about him sometimes too, like a yeah. two shift and never mind. I'll never yeah, talk I to think you. The hockey coaches like but that. Claude yeah. is perfect for like Montreal right now when they're trying to get these, they're a very young team overall and they moved a little bit of veteran in there. There's, but like to condense them into how to like same thing that Toronto needed. We kept saying, right, cool. You have all these young bucks that just right. like everyone look, everyone looks like they're doing a shootout competition at pe- practice and the peewee level because mm-hmm. they have all the speed and all this, but like nothing gelling it on the back end. So well, tra- traditionally, no traditionally, if you get rid of the, uh, the, the, the general manager, 
the coach is going too because the new GM is going to want his own guy. Yeah. Sure. I understand sure. that. And then there's the French speaking thing too. Is oh, yeah. yeah. They need a French speaking coach. So that, that limits them too. <laughs> um, so, so in moving on to opt outs, there haven't been any opt outs for the Bruins, or so they have, haven't announced any or have seen any so far. Unless you want to call Zeno Charo, he's kind of a semi opt out because he's biding his time. But I don't, I don't, I really don't think there'll be many opt outs at all. I don't think, I, I really don't think so. I think we're at a point now with the virus and vaccines and, and such that I think you're going to see. I, I would be surprised if there's many opt outs at all, but I didn't know your thoughts. Uh, we'll start with Heather on. How you feel? I I just don't feel these guys are, are young and they're some of them probably have already had the virus, <laughs> so uh, because they have been out of you know into civilization for the last three months or so. So I didn't know your thoughts on it. Yeah, um, I I haven't heard of any opt outs on any teams yet. I think it's tomorrow or some maybe tomorrow's the day. But the opt outs, if you're opting out, is sometime this next few days. Um, the only people I really thought on our team is maybe. You know, again, if you have someone in your household, but I, I think it's less um, likely that people want to opt out too because they aren't trapped. It's not like, you know what I mean? Nobody wants to live through the having to hear like how Tuca had to leave because of family thing or, you know, um, like we know Steve Camper last year, he opted out because it's a health and, the, you know, those are the kind of people I thought maybe. I thought I heard he did too. Yeah, that's what I mean, though. But those are the people you expect. I wouldn't generally expect players just kind of out of fear of the virus at this point, because like you said, one, a lot of the leagues, young and dumb, and probably have all had COVID since it all wrapped up in October. You know what I mean? Or had it coming in. We know like Austin Matthew, all the superstars basically have had the COVID so far. So uh, we don't know if Pasta had COVID, but we know him and uh, Kasha were hanging out with COVID-infected people, you know, whatever. But like you said, I don't I don't think the NHL should be a top priority or any sports league to get vaccines ahead because uh, they are not essential workers. I want that to go to all the like real like I know that sounds horrible to say it's essential for sanity for sports for that. But I do think we're close enough to the general population that the NHL or whoever could buy supply for their company and give it out and. I think it's, they're ready to go. And also it's been a really probably insane year for them as athletes. This isn't how it goes. They play from this to this, then they have their little break and then they come back. Like they're, they're rigid routine based people having all this. I mean, sure. It's great to have downtime, but they like everybody else are like, dude, if I, I just want to, no, I don't want to hang out with you. I love you, but I know I would like to be in this room watching the show and you be in that room. We have two screens for Netflix for a reason kind of thing. They're human beings, you know, but in the meantime, you know, the thing about the NHL that just concerns me is be, like you said, everyone's got to start quarantining and stuff because every country, I mean, it's bad enough. You can't control the U S Canada border besides closing it at this point, but we've got people coming in everywhere. And we saw what happened at world juniors with yes. teams coming in and whatever. And some teams came tested negative, And then by the time they got here, just like we know that the virus does, it was incubating and now they're incapacitated yeah. poor Germany. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I can't even for them. Yeah. My heart breaks. But hard. Um, I think that a lot of people aren't, it's just not worth it at this point. You know, we're far enough into, that doesn't mean now everyone go balls to the wall and it's like after drinks, after the game and stuff, it's still going to be, go back to your hotel. Like the teams are still going to have to, but at least they can go home and they don't have to always be in a hotel in the same hotel with the same five people over and over again. So I think it's, 
that was a concession to the players because a lot of them probably said, screw, if I can't be at home with my kid and wife or whatever, and there's going to be a lot of babies born in March because of COVID. Right. Like, so I don't know. So, which kind of sucks because some teams could use the salary cap if like players opted out and they like officially are like suspended off the books, but Do you think there'll be any opt-outs, Mark? I I hope not. I kind of hope not, but it is it is their right to do so. Um, But I I really want to see them do it differently. I know last year the return to play in the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs was more of a spur of the moment type of thing. Um, Mm. But now that they have some familiarity with what COVID's doing to the world Mm. and, and their league and the players, families. I, I think that that, that should be uh, thought of appropriately and given a time. That's why the league is saying uh, you have until this time period to say if you want to participate or not. It will not be uh, looked frowned upon. Uh, if you do opt out, you will not be paid that season, but your contract will roll over to the following year. So that's kind of a good thing on, on, the, on the league and the players' union that they work something like that out for the cases of uh, folks that don't want to participate in these in these uh, weird times. But I hope it doesn't happen. I, I certainly don't want to see it happen to a person like Rask again, who mm. already walked into the bubble and then kind of d- did his thing. And I, I, I respect his decision, but I also, the timing, I just, I really didn't, you know, if you weren't fully tough. into it, uh, you should have, right. uh, you know, did it earlier, but... I mean, shit happens. I mean, timing happens. My heat freaking yeah. went out today, so shit right. happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, his daughter. I mean, his bio reports. His daughter was sick, but if he does come, if he does end up playing, was wouldn't the question be, okay, Tuka, what, why are we playing now, and why did we, you know, what? I guess it maybe it has something. Maybe it really has something to do with his daughter and being sick, and but he didn't come back. Either. Right. I mean, he didn't come back into the bubble when maybe he could have. So it wasn't like, I'm going to go home, make sure she's okay for a week and come back either. So if he does play in this situation, uh, maybe the, there's no bubble this time. So maybe that's his excuse. That's his way out of saying it, but uh, he just didn't like the bubble or what have you. But I think Tuka Rask obviously is a huge, huge um, aspect of the season because if he's in it mentally, then they're the class of the division. If yeah. he's not, Oh boy. Then that's that's not good. I just, just look at it, I, I just look at his 2019-20 regular season and just say if he's that type of Tuka Rask, oh, we're gonna have a good year. Oh yeah, great. But if he's not, if he's half yeah. out of it, or if he thinks he's retiring at the end of the year, and it starts to go south for him, now you got Halak and some young kid, or he's scrambling, and boy, I don't know. I just I uh, that's the guy that I really point to as the, as the difference maker. If he's into it and engaged, then I think this is a really good season for them. And I think sky's the limit. If he's not, then that could change the whole landscape, especially with the defense questions that they have. You know, that's- I think this is a different season though. Like last year, it was a lot harder to just pop out and come back within the week. True. I think that had we maybe gone deeper, we don't know if Tuca might not have come back uh, right. if he could have, but 
with all the quarantine and this and that. This year, it's again like I figure we can talk more about like actual COVID and like that whole thing next year, next week. After I look at all the fifty, I was like fifty-four pages. Eh, not today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but but like a skim through, like you know, they are gonna still get tested like they did before. I don't know if it's gonna be daily, but like they're gonna get tested before they leave the city. They go to the next, you know, like they're gonna have to. I know that when they book the hotels that every team has to book an extra two hotels in case someone does test positive. They are quarantining them in the hotel. You move on. So no one's traveling with the party, which is kind of what um, football in most circumstances kind of had to deal with this year. Uh, some teams better than others controlling spread of said thing. Uh, but I don't think, I think this year, and I'd like to point out Tuka is one of the first players back to the Warrior Ice Arena. Like seven or eight of them were out, or seven of them, I suppose, were out skating, and Tuka was one of them. So that's feels like he's been in Boston waiting to say when to go. You know what I mean? Like whatever it is, you know, the kid's a little old, you know, the new baby's a little older thing. You, the kid, people actually get to go home. You know, it's like a different thing mentally. I think for a lot of players then, because he was not the only one yet. Obviously, he has a very specific incident. But if you watch that whole team, the first videos that like, yeah, we're back with our buddies. We kick some ass. And then it became very quickly evident to them they weren't the team they were in March. And that was weighing. And now in retrospect, we know they probably all knew Tori was leaving. They, You know what I mean? They already kind of had this all. So the team wasn't the team that they're used to walking in there and just kind of the whole room. So hopefully everyone's walking in. We don't know Z or not, but you know, and I just think it's a different mental place. It's not as freaked out about the, I mean, obviously we're all still cautious about the virus, but we're not still in that heightened, like we don't know anything about this virus and like, should we, you know, not talk to people ever? Should we not? So I think Tuga is going to be all right. I mean, rarely is he the first dude on the ice. I'm just pointing that out. I, uh, looking at the agenda right now, I'm um, not seeing anything that's going to be roster-related, so I'm going to say this right now. Um, the third goalie on the roster, I don't believe that should be a young developing goaltender. And I was I'm thinking of, I was racking my head on, on writing an article about this, but there's so many different angles i gotta, I got to look at it. Number one, uh, they're talking about Dan Vladar being that third guy. I think that's a very bad idea. I think that, I think that Cal that Callum Booth, the the kid that they signed and he started in the East Coast League last night. We'll talk about that later. He should get the time uh, up there because he signed as a two way goaltender. And if they're not gonna play Vladar, a young twenty year old goaltender that needs to be playing and and it, practicing game times, totally different aspects. A, or or an idea that they could have done if they could have gotten Ryan Miller out from the out from out west, he could have came in. He signed a very nice deal to stay in with yeah, with Anaheim. Um, or there's another one, Mike Condon, Massachusetts native. Mm-hmm. He could be signed just for that role to stay behind Halak and 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 um, and Rask. While hopefully this is all air quotes by the way. Hopefully, the American Hockey League comes back to a 2021 season in early February, possibly hearing even pushed a little further into January. If that happens, it should be Vladar and Swayman down at the uh, the American Hockey League, and we'll talk about the uh, the uh, the East Coast League in Jacksonville later on. But it just makes sense to me to have a kid moving all the time and, and keeping in game shape and not just sitting there watching uh, two veteran goalies go at it while you're not really getting 
the 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 proper development that you need. That's that's all I got to say. Especially after the last game you played, you look like a, a, a wet fish in the uh, you know out in the out in the ice. You look like a baby deer on ice. Like it was like I mean that wasn't a well. Great, they didn't put him in a very good you know. spot either. No, they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> and that's that's that what I'm shame. saying is that they screwed him the first time. And now to put him on the put him on as a third goalie and not play him, not have any playing time. Uh, and then potentially have him thrust in if there's a let's say there's an opt out or a COVID case or a, or an injury, and then you're throwing him in there again. I think he's I, like you said he needs more seasoning. I think you give him playing time in the minor leagues, and I I like the idea of a just a just a minimum salary veteran goaltender. I don't really care who it is. I mean, Get Raycroft out there. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't <laughs> take the guy out of the stands like they usually do. I don't know, equipment manager or something. Just put someone in there. He's not going to play anyway, right. but just for an emergency purposes. Uh, but I, I agree with you. I don't. I wouldn't do that to Bladar after what you just did to him in the playoffs. I would. I would be really. I put kid gloves on with him, and I'd go with some somebody else and just have him on the bench there yeah, that can handle it. That's a veteran that'll take the short money and do it. Yep. So I, I agree with him. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the rosters, we just kind of talked general about the size because I thought maybe next week we'll be able to get a little more discussion. We see who's at camp, what, who we okay. think is going to maybe, you know, we'll talk about who we think might make, you know, going to. Yeah, because squad, news, is definitely, squad too. news is definitely going to be more apparent as we get closer to the third. Yeah. So, right. yeah, we'll, right. we'll bring that all out next next week. Yeah, because yeah, you can have um, you have to stay under the eighty one point five mil cap. But I think that if you're on, say you're the an AHL guy, whatever with the contract, and you're on the taxi squad or something, and you're always with the team, you get paid like your NHL. So there is some stuff that I thought. Obviously, you've had a hard morning, so I did yeah. not ask you. Hey, could you just check yeah. in about Break that? down the taxi like squad? cap yeah. friendly thing. So who <laughs> yeah. cares? We'll just talk about the homework for next days. week, Heather. Right. So, no, I've already jotted that down, but I thought we could maybe talk more. I know there's a debate and the young kids and this and that, but we also do have like Craig Smith we're looking at in there now. So maybe some of our young guys, we'd rather have, like, you know, we at least like slotting, whatever. We don't have to get that involved. But we, I thought once we see who plus our 900 goaltenders, we could whittle down on that. But yeah, yeah I mean. I always think you should be playing more for development wise. And if they just played sure. Vladar, it makes sense that they'd rather him play than sit. Exactly. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, next item on the, on the agenda was the schedule. We've touched on it a bit, but uh, what I'd like to do is touch on the trade deadline, a couple of critical dates, trade deadline, April 12th. So that's three months in that could be active or that could be an absolute crickets situation <laughs> because of the salary cap, because of the salaries, because of the financial situations, so it'll be interesting to see what the trade deadline will bring, specifically for the Bruins. Three months into the season, you have no idea what's going to entail. What it's going to entail It's going to be could be COVID cases, could be injuries. You could be completely healthy. You could be doing well. You could be struggling. Uh, your defense may be too young, and uh, you may need to add somebody. So the trade deadline, April twelfth. Could should be an interesting, like I say, could be one way or the other. Could be active, or could be nobody doing anything out of fear for financial situations, or just not enough out there to improve your club. So that's one critical date. And then the other, of course, is that the potential or protection lists for the expansion draft, which would be July seventeenth, just a week after the end of the uh, Stanley Cup. 
uh, and the expansion draft is the 21st for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, the John Moore situation is interesting because he needs 40 games to be uh, eligible to be on that list. And unless you play him all year long, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if he'd get there. Uh, so I, I, that's a, that's one person. And we saw recently, I just saw the other day that Trent Frederick would be available for that list. And I know Mark, you were excited about that, meaning Trent's going to get some time and well, hope so, he's going to be so. available there too, you know? So, uh, so the expansion situation is one as well. If you add a guy, he gets he gets on the the expansion list. So it seems right now they're in a decent situation, but one guy here or there, and they could lose a pretty good player in the expansion draft. Well, from from my my research in the past week or two, uh, just picking at some uh, articles and this and that, if if the Bruins do want to go after a player like Noah Hannafin, mm. I think we talked about this. Well, I might have brought it up last week that um, if you bring in a defenseman like that, left shot, blah blah blah. Um, you, now you you could expose either Charlie McAvoy or Matt Grizzlick. Do you want to do right. that? Right. I wouldn't. That those right. those two are your future right there. So the, the the whole trade the whole trade scenario coming up for the upcoming season is going to be interesting on how it works out because of that factor. If you do need somebody on the back end um, to solidify that moving forward, uh, you're going to have to. It's it's going to be a risk no matter what you do. It's you, Let's put it this way. Fans aren't going to be happy, whatever you do. If you don't address the need, but then you do and then you lose something, it's it's going to be a no-win situation. Right. I mean, I the, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, it's going to be interesting, too, at the trade deadline, because normally you're trading with it. You're trying to figure out how to win your conference to get to the cup final. But this, but this year, your divisions are all messed up. So are you trying to trade to win this year's Stanley Cup or are you being maybe more conservative, seeing how it shakes up and everything goes back probably to normal next year? Because really, those are the teams you're going to have to beat next year. So that's going to be an interesting factor, too. You're trying to not mess up your protection draft list. By the way, that's July 31st is the Kraken. 8 p.m. will be their expansion draft. You got free agency on the 28th, too. So because it's a shortened season, are you going to maybe just hedge your bets on what you have? Maybe do a little move. Keep your cap if you have the cap space. You know, so say we roll all these young defensemen and we say, what the hell? Let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. And we still have a couple mil. Then April 12th, maybe we can get a Hannafin or something like that, you know, like not a baby has a little more NHL experience to like maybe help it a little bit. Uh, But I was thinking that'll be the interesting thing. You're trying to protect your players, but you want to win the cup this year because 50, I mean, that's legit. You know, it's sure a little short, but still, I I mean, we counted last crazy year. We're going to count this year too, without any asterisks, as long as everything goes off without a hitch, you know? And that to me is going to be interesting. Are you trying to beat? Cause some of these teams, Maybe, but most of our teams are the Metro teams. We're not going to have to, we're going to have to worry about Tampa Bay again, you know? So I don't know. That's what I think will be interesting. Yeah. I, I think it, I think it's, I think you might see a team that gets hot and, and really wasn't a favorite and they might have a chance. They may go for it to try to win a cup in a shortened season, but you may not see like the Bruins or a team like that, that, uh, take a chance to get to win the cup. It'll be interesting to see how teams really view this shortened season and if it's worth it to them to maybe mortgage some of the future or put themselves in an expansion situation. 
to try to win the cup this season, especially where the, the standings should be so close. I mean, you're playing 26 games less than you normally would. The standings are going to be real tight when it comes to who's in, who's in. There may not be any teams even remotely close to eliminated from playoff contention by April 12th. I mean, everybody might be just in a pack together mm-hmm. and you really have to weed out. Are we, are we sellers or are we buyers? And there might be so many buyers that there's no sellers in the trade deadline. So that's another, and that's a quite a week in July when you have the expansion draft on the 21st and you have the NHL draft 23rd, 24th, and then you have restricted free agency and unrestricted free agency signing period of 28th. So that's uh that's quite a week in July there. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it might be part of the reason why the Bruins didn't really make a move for a big player like Mark said, like a Hannafin, with who I've been on board with. As you know, I'm, I'm the conductor. Choo-choo with that one because I want Hannafin. But, but again, he does, he does cause you to maybe let, you know, expose Grizzlick. And, you know, I, I don't know if I want to do that either. So that's a, that's a difficult one. Um Next item on the agenda, rules change. I love this rule change. NHL doing doing well right here. They usually drive me crazy with their rules, but a new offsides rule where you can have your your skate off the ice but straddling the line and you are onside. I always hated this rule where you had to have your skate and drag and tear your groin to stay onside. I used to hate it. Uh, and so and here's my thought on on this whole thing is that the NHL cannot afford to lose goals. I mean, you need goals. And why are you taking goals away by reviewing offsides from 40 seconds ago? And then why are you trying to put every little minutia, little rule in to take potentially take goals away and take offense away? Why are you doing that? So if you if you're straddling the line and your foot's in the air, you still should be on side. There's no difference between having your foot two inches off the ground, then on the ice, you're still in the same place. So you're still on side in my view. So I, I love this rule. and I didn't know what you guys thought. Uh, Heather, we'll start with you on the offside. I love rules that promote offense. And this is what they need. My thing is that I'm happy for one. Everybody knows you're in just because your skates in the air, as long as you are you know, you've broken the whatever leading edge of the blue line or whatever the actual wording is, which I wrote down, but I don't feel like we're actually breaking the right plane. Now. Anybody, the plane. Like, like this is what I love about it is that the plane used to be defined this way, flat ice. Now the plane is this way, like an airplane. Like it's just obviously, if your skate's not on the ice, but like you're standing on the blue line, like you know, whatever, you're on sides. Also, it adjusts a little bit more for the delayed offside, like. Same thing. You can go, I mean, which I think generally they let them do. And I'm all like, I'm someone who's like, if you're, you know, perched in front of the goalie, you're way offside guy. Mm -hmm. But sometimes your right winger is moving a little faster than the left wing. And as long as you hold up and you're like, oh man. And like, you're trying to get, and you're not trying to touch the puck. Who cares? Like, why do we have, I like flow of play. I don't like stopping, stopping, stopping every 500. Also, we all know the NHL has no idea how to review their own rules. So although there will be coaches challenged, this will not be one of those things to nitpick. Like now you can challenge goaltender interference and like things that are less defined that maybe we need to take 25 minutes. But if you have to look for someone's little, if you can't see under the skate on like the camera on the line, like, why are we doing this? Just whatever they were on, you know, also, like you said, don't 
40 seconds after, dude, you should have said something before. There has to be, I don't, there isn't one, but another, a 20 second rule or something. Like if dudes. Yeah, there should be. I, I agree with you. I, I hate the whole go back and review. You just scored a goal or whatever, or you scored a goal 25 seconds after you entered the zone and now you're going to review it and take it away. It's happened to the Bruins quite a few times. Like, can we stop taking goals away? Like, just stop that whole nonsense. Take take I, I I can't stand review as it is. I don't I think we screw up review. It when it first came out, I loved review. I'm like, we're never gonna get any calls wrong. This is fantastic. But we've managed to fuck it up even more. <laughs> yeah. And I can't take it. Like I it's just it's even worse than if you didn't have review. I mean, I'll I'll take a stupid call here or there or or a blown call. I'll take one of those because generally speaking, officials do an amazing job in all sports. But this is this is ridiculous taking goals away thirty seconds later, you know, after you enter the zone and you hem them in for thirty seconds. You should be rewarded for that. I mean, it's just unbelievable that they take goals away. So I, I love this rule and I, I would take all review, just review the scoring plays goals did it go over the line good then then that's it everything else stop it i mean it's just the goalie interference is another thing that just drives you, you sometimes you hit it you, you lightly hit his pad and then five seconds later here comes the puck and they call goaltender interference it's just yeah. and it's subjective so how can you take a subjective penalty call and make it objective with a review it's still subjective this the clown still looking at it is still subjective so it's it's uh it it drives me out of my mind so i, I love this rule change i i'm a big fan of this it's it, I, i've always been a break the plane type of guy um once you're skating into the zone and you go over or touch that line um but it's got to be a body part so if you're if you're like if you're like really thrust in to get up the ice like if your glove goes over, that technically is breaking the plane. But there's there's also some some gray areas to this. You know how when you get a slashing call on the stick, they now say that the stick is part of your hands. Right. Well, listen, when you're freaking going to to be on sides or anything like that, the stick can't be part of your hand in that situation. You can't like no. stretch out way out like that and be like, hey, I'm on side. No. Or, no. or even even on the back way to to clear. <clears throat> You know, right. It is clearly yeah, defined, it. though, as you, it's clearly defined, though, that the skates are deter is what determines if you're on or off sides for that exact reason. You can't say you're on. So, so you can have the like so Zidane Chara can have the puck halfway on the <laughs> right. off. Right. Right. But He's unless his feet are over that line, right. it doesn't count, which before they used to get penalized, like if their stick went over, right. like say the very tip of their stick went over and they had the pocket in the center like they're supposed to, they would get like, uh, no. So it is defined, I want you to know, in rule 83.1 as it specifically says the player's position of their skates is what's determining not the puck, not the stick. So okay. I didn't know um, until I mean, last the puck, year. Other than a, obviously the puck means more. I didn't know until last year that you could possess the puck and be and put yourself offside but be onside. Like you could have the puck drag behind you, but if you're in possession. Yeah. You're yeah. on side. I didn't know that. I had yeah. no idea. I thought you that was you, weird. You had to, the puck had to be in first at all times. So, but I I'm in, I'm on board with any rules change that promotes offense and and uh, you know just just promotes you know good good offense good offensive plays and and less review of offsides from 30 seconds ago. Um, all right, last uh, last time on the agenda, then we'll go to break. Is how about these helmet ads? How do you feel about it? I think it's fine. I mean, as long as it's not, 
as long as you don't look like the Ohio State Buckeyes with stickers all over your helmet, as long as you have something really sort of clean in the front, then you want to put your boat lay up front or something. Fine. I mean, I don't, I don't really care. I mean, it's that's fine. And I don't, I don't know why they don't go to more sort of advertising like this, like the NBA has on their jerseys and stuff. Because any, any time you can get less commercials, and I'm on board. As long as you're not a walking billboard, I'm fine with it. But I don't know your thoughts, uh, Mark, on helmet ads. I'm I'm good with it as long as it's a source of revenue and keeps this awesome sport going. Yeah. I'm completely fine with it. It's I don't want to see it get so crazy, which we probably will. Every time we say something that we don't want happening, it, it eventually happens because my, the the mighty dollar always takes over. But right. you know who knows? In in about five or ten years, this could be international hockey. What we're looking at is a lot more of these advertisers on the ice, on the jerseys, on the pants, on the socks. You know, so you're a walking advertisement. Um, it could happen, but I mean, for right now, the uh, the stickers and so on on the helmets is is not bad at all. And I'm a huge fan for putting in a bid for Black Gold Productions LLC. You know, just yeah. slap it right on top of the. You know, forget there's there's a viral there's a viral image out there on Twitter right now that's got our uh, our symbol on it. So I think it's on Bergeron's oh, helmet. That's excellent. Oh, that's so much fun. First of all, you're so funny that you know it's not going to be TD Bank that's going to be the sponsor on the helmet. Let's be honest, right. okay? Let's pay Peter to, what is it, Rob Peter to pay Paul it. Like, that's yeah. what they're probably looking at, Delaware North. Um, I don't mind there being a little, like, a sticker. I understand that's good advertising, but what I don't want is the tackiness of, like, some of the European leagues where, like, there's more symbols for cars. If I need that shit, I'll watch American TV. We have a car commercial every 12. It's like, this is American commercials. Booze of some sort, but drink responsibly. Car commercials, so you, but don't drink and drive. Drive responsibly. (laughs) And then here's all the medication you can take now that you drank and drove and now are a hot mess and need pain medication, kidney medication. Just saying. That's a... But I can't deal with tackiness. So almost yeah. they can light those helmets up. I don't care. You can have blinking Budweiser on the side. Don't give a shit, right? But I don't want it to go. It's one thing to have one sponsor at the back of the jersey or something like that or like a patch on the sleeve. I do not need the like, now I want to throw up from the amount of Mercedes, Benz, Dunkin' Jones. I don't like that can because then it looks tacky and weird to me. Like you look too desperate for money at that point. Like we need to talk more about maybe rotating billboards in the stadium or something. I don't know. Right. So that is my thought. I think yeah, it's one it, thing. It is they a little pull- weird when the, uh, the, the uh, cars go you know, 90 miles an hour on the side of a, of a mountain. Yeah. But, uh, they're pussy. but yeah, I just don't want it to be like super, super, super tacky. Like, right. in, and I feel like once you open the Pandora's box of how can we get money in this league, which they need, it could be very like, I don't want you to not be able to see the Bruins symbol amongst all the other advertising yeah. symbols. It's that should, that weird. should be the focus of, of what you're looking at. Yeah. So, all right, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from the great folks at the store next door. I think Matt's a little frozen. I can't, he's yeah. not moving. So uh, we'll take the break right now. Um, please, uh, it's it's after the holidays, but these guys are still doing great things year round. So uh, please go to the store next door.ca, a fantastic Yarmouth, Nova Scotia company, and uh, doing awesome things for great people. So we will be right back. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. 
Star Gift Shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. And we're back, and we just heard from the great folks at the store next door up in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. Please go to the thestorenextdoor.ca and buy something really nice that is uh, made from recycled hockey sticks, furniture, uh, picture frames, chairs, all kinds of great stuff. thestorenextdoor.ca, go check them out. Uh, Matt, Absolutely. Where we go from here, Matt? Excellent. So we have Zdeno Chara, and this has been an ongoing situation which didn't really seem like a situation until it has become a situation. So now we're getting close, a couple of weeks from the beginning of the season, actually just a week from the beginning of the camp, and Shara still hasn't made his decision. There were rumors that, and sources out there saying that upwards of 20 teams had inquired about his services. Now, Mark, I know your thoughts on this situation. Uh, you've been you know, pretty vocal on Twitter and such about uh, Chara. Um I'm okay with like a minimum deal just for security purposes, but I think you have to weigh that whether or not he makes you better. And it almost, I'm almost leaning towards let's see what we have in the kids and then go from there. I don't think he's going to make you that much better where he's going to pacify the real problems you might have on defense, but you can go ahead, Mark and give us your two cents on Z. There was this something um, the, the Bruins were exploring trade options. That was from NHL Trade Daily, um, and which makes sense. You do want to get some some type of better security on the back end, and if you can make a deal, you make a deal. But um, this t- type, this source says that they could they could still make a deal uh, in a trade and also keep Shara under the cap. Well, I don't see how that that'll work. Uh, he got two million last year, and one point five of that was in bonuses. So uh, I don't know, but right. my, from my understanding is that there were talks, even though that they're they're saying they weren't, and they're going to be sitting down at the table soon. That there were talks that the Bruins offered um, a position, and they said, you, "If you if you want to come back, you're welcome to come back." But here's the terms that I heard: is that he's going to be a um, a, a sixth. I'm sorry. A uh, five six defenseman, or possibly a seventh rotating uh, defenseman, much like uh, Ke- what Kevin Miller is going to do. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm, he's a very um, proud human, mm-hmm. uh, proud man. He's done a lot for the city, a lot for the team, and so on. And I think he wants to go out in a term that he wants to. So I, mm-hmm. I don't think that he's accepting that as I don't want to get seven to eight minutes a night. I want to right. get 20-something minutes a night. And if other teams are offering that for me and I can go win a championship somewhere, then he's going to have to walk. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you want to come back here for one more year and do your rally, your retiring rally, then suck it up and take what the Bruins are offering you. And if not, right. just take a, take a, take a hike. 
I mean, that's right. just my opinion. I know. What do you think about Chara, Tyler? I think, one, I think we need to be careful of, like, you know, we don't, none of us actually know what Chara's thinking. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of narrative out there of, I mean, obviously we all know Z's a proud man and it would be a hard hit to go on, um, you know, be your sixth defenseman or whatever. But we also know that Zdeno Chara is one hell of a captain. And if that meant him coming back to have his last year, even if it shortened be with this team and one last hurrah with the older boys and a little more knowledge down to the younger guys, especially with the young defensemen that we apparently are going to have to rely on whether we want to or not, because we're not making any moves to, you know, say otherwise. Um, I don't think, see how you, you know how you said about uh, Matt about, you know, is he, hurting you, you know, I'm not, is it about, is he helping you? I'm about is if we can get him at a league minimum on that five, six spot. And I think he'd be more in than out. It'd be more, he needs to rest, but why not rotate? First of all, I don't have faith in Kevin Miller. I think I've made that very clear. Why don't we rotate him? Sure. We're not going to get more up to his 40 games, but if you rotate, depending on who we're playing, Chara Moore and Miller in a five, six role, We'll be all right. That will give room and breathing room to Lozon or Zaboral or, you know, whatever, Clifton, whoever ends up staying up, because at least a couple of them are going to land there either way, because we can't roll with this defense otherwise. I mean, but we don't really know what Z's thinking. Like, maybe he still hasn't decided if he is going to play again. We all know he wants to play, but we don't know his wife's not going, you know, I never say no, like, you know, but maybe like this is, Maybe take a front office job for this last year. We can still do the, like, at the end in the summer sometime, hopefully we can fill this place up and we can all give Char the love he deserves. Frig, he, we could give him his own goddamn parade when we can leave our apartments and houses right. again. You know what I mean? Right. And right. Or go- government center. But I just... I would hate to have to listen to the bitching and complaining, say you don't sign Chara, okay? And I'm all for play wherever you can, right? Like, no, I'm not mad at Joe Thornton. He decided to go to Toronto. I mean, I think if you're trying to get a Ray Bore Cup raise, that's probably not where you should have gone as Joe Thornton that cheap. But, you know, that's just me. But I don't feel like Chara's that same breed. I think for him, it's hard to decide if he's hurting us or helping us at this point. Right. I think we all agree Chara can't play 30 minutes. We talked about that for a couple of seasons, me and Mark, just amongst ourselves of like, stop asking him to be Zidane Chara of 2009 because yeah. he's not. Help him become, yeah. to, you know, that'll be a lot. But I do think it's not the worst thing that can happen because we're not clearly going out to make a move to get somebody with any kind of, I don't right. feel comfortable leaving all young kids without any NHL experience, really being having to shore up a back end in front of Tuka, who hopefully is good and all set in his headspace. But if he's having a bad day, you know, it's not their fault, but they could create an avalanche of like Tuka meltdown, like, you know, kind of thing. And right. I, I would hate to right. have to listen to the bitching of why didn't we sign Chara for a million dollars for another year? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I, I, here's the thing about this is I know that Chara is a proud guy, but if, I mean, I just, and I know that you don't want to stop playing hockey, but for, for crying out loud, like, are you really going to force the team to let you walk or trade you for one last season? We already have won a cup in your career. You really don't have much to prove. You're a surefire Hall of Famer. Why would you just not take this deal, like Mark said, and play out the string, farewell tour, have a blast, or even stay out this year and play next year, starting in October, and play a reduced role farewell tour with fans in the arena. Why not do that and go out the right way? This is a classic case of a superstar hanging on too long, 
and forcing the team's hand. And there's shower fans who say the Bruins are, are doing a disservice to him. And there's Bruins fans saying the Bruins are doing the right thing. And, when, and I think ultimately they are. I'm a huge shower fan. I am so uh, appreciative of him legitimizing, seriously legitimizing the franchise into a serious cup contender since he came here in 06. It changed his signing changed the feeling about the organization. I remember when it happened because we never got the big free agents. We never spent the little extra money to take the run at it. This was the first sign the Bruins were serious about putting a great product when they when they got Chara and they got Mark Savard. It became it began this string right here. And I'm so appreciative. And he's a great player. He's not a great player right now, but he's a great player. And he's and he's a Hall of Famer player. And he's a great citizen. And he's an unbelievable person. But I just it boggles my mind when these guys stay on just a little bit too long and don't go out the right way. Wouldn't you rather go out the other way? Wouldn't you rather get your farewell tour and your standing ovations and your the whole Sedano Chara season? Wouldn't you rather have that than go in the friggin', you know, Vancouver and trying to win a cup in a shortened season? I mean, for God's sakes. I mean, I don't I don't I just don't get it. Like I just I don't get it. And I, I'm as much as I want him to stay, you know, it's gonna let him go. You just you just gotta let him go. Yeah. I was just gonna say this is I totally agree with you about sports people like knowing to let it go. I agree on that. You know what I mean? Like I said, I'm not saying either way on how to go with Chara, but I do think with Chara it might be a little different mindset just in the fact that I th- really believe if we had won the cup in 2019, Chara would have retired. Do you know what I mean? And the next year he'd be there for the banner raising and Z- and we'd all be just the day O'Chara for mayor. Like, you know what I mean? Just, we all love the day O'Chara. I don't think anybody doesn't love him as a human. You know, you might not agree on his defensive prowess over the years or whatever. And obviously we're all here. Right. But he is that type of player. Right. And yeah. And Mark's one of them, but he is the type of player though, as a hockey fan, you understand he is a hall of famer. You know, you don't like him. Maybe not your cup of tea necessarily game one, but as hockey goes, he is a stud and will be remembered. You know, he's someone sure. they will mention and going forward. Um, but my thing is they dropped in 2019. Then last year, the Bruins were on one hell of a revenge tour. I kept saying to Mark all last year, oh, my God, it's going to be St. Louis, Boston in the rematch, because that's what it looked like. Two teams that didn't have any played in the cup like every game. And then COVID hit. So obviously everything changed. So I do think in some ways it's like he didn't even – even last year, it wasn't as bad, but you could see it when they, it was, but it wasn't, but you could see it when they came back from the bubble. And I, and it's not going to be easy on him, this kind of schedule. So like I said, I'm good if they want to do league minimum, rotate Miller, Moore, and Chara around in like a six defensive role. I don't know. That's just me. But I do think it's a little different mindset because it's not like you really are going out on your terms. You're going out on the terms of like the world gone crazy. That's all my point right. on that. Like not as the defensive one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, next item on the agenda: Should Bruins fans buy into the number changes? So there's been changes in the numbers jerseys numbers. Uh, I I don't re- I think it's just it's a it's a subtle way to say you're part of the roster, but other than that, I I think more so the the one way and two way contracts are more of an indicator <laughs> because if they can send you down, then it, you're not 
necessarily guaranteed a big club spot. So I didn't know, you know, if you guys had any thoughts on the number of changes. I think it just shows a little bit more commitment to you. Absolutely. I mean, going from 84 to 12 or whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason to do it. So obviously it's a little bit of a change, but I didn't know your thoughts on on that whole scenario of changing jersey numbers. For, for me, it's just a, um, a, sh- a shot across the bow to everybody that believes that just because a player is getting a certain number guarantees him a roster spot. That's that's the big thing that's going around. I, and I'm not saying, I'm not picking on people or any Bruins fans or any hockey fans or anybody that listens to this podcast. I We, we do not do that. We don't pick on people. But folks need to understand that this is not how it works. Just because you earn, just because you got, uh, Trent Frederick got number 11 does not solidify his spot on the roster for the upcoming season. He still has to go through camp. He still has to show the brass that he wants it. And, and that's it. There's nothing given to you. This is just a number that was given to you. That doesn't mean you have the right to be on the roster. So I just wanted to, to bring that up because it's just, it's, it's the constant DMs that, oh, Mark, you're so stupid. You don't even know anything about hockey. Why do you even say that? I was like, well, they haven't even gone through camp. He hasn't even earned a spot yet. So uh, yeah. earn that number, earn that roster, and then call me an idiot. Right, right. True. The only thing that that really means is that they don't feel you need to have, like, 70, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's fine. Like, I, so the superstars get to pick their number, right? And like have a number that's high. So like, it's not going to be a problem that McAvoy is high in the seventies, because if he proves himself to be what we think he is, the stud next defenseman, you know, like carrying this team as the defenseman going forward, that'll be fine. It'll be iconic. It's like Bork changing from seven to 77. We'll look back and I'll be like, whatever. But as on a personal note, does it make me want to throw up that Trent Frederick now has number 11 and Jimmy Hayes had it before Matt. You don't know this about me. I, Jimmy Hayes, him, uh, like I can't, <laughs> I can't. The happiest day of my life when it was like he wasn't on my roster anymore. I'm like, oh, yes, thank you. Yeah. There is a God, please. That was, that was so I don't know. So like for me, it's like I feel like the jury's still out on Trent Frederick. Do I think he's in the running to actually make the big squad someday? I don't know if that's this year or some. You know what I mean? Whatever. Uh, he's probably a taxi squad candidate. You know, just, that's just for me. But no, I don't think because they moved him to number eleven that that means he's now. They think he's going to be a Bruin for the next eight to ten years. No, I absolutely don't think number changes. There's a whole lot of reasons just administratively. You know, like yeah, just, sure, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's it's really a nothing thing for me too. I, I don't think it really means a hell of a lot. I just think it's a a logistical thing for the team. Um, next item on the agenda, Mark has our Bruins ECHL Jacksonville update. Transaction news: much going on with Jacksonville. But Jacksonville was busy this year. They've been in the news more than typical years. Yeah, um, the the Icemen are the East Coast Hockey League team. Um, they're affiliated with the Winnipeg Jets. Um, excuse me, <clears throat> but um, there's no official news still uh, to this day that the Bruins are an affiliate of the um, uh, the Icemen or vice versa. Um, it's strange because these players are being called assigned. So in in my past history and in, in covering the minor pro system, assigned means you go to your affiliate. Um, loan is a different thing. Loan means you can go to another team and get your ice time and your reps in and so on. So there's, 
There's uh, some vague stuff going on right there. I, I'm, I'm assuming that they're going to be uh, f- officially coming out soon saying it, but uh, there's no really high Winnipeg Jet players down down there, so there is availability. But the transaction-wise of it, um, uh, Matt Phillippe, a former Northeastern uh, forward, he uh, was activated from the roster. He did his appropriate quarantine time um, and got into last night's game. Uh, so did uh, uh, Jack Ashan. He got into his first game after his quarantine time. And both of those players were were on the commissioner's exempt list. So they got through and they played last night. Uh, uh, didn't see much from Ashan or Philippi, but um, recently signed goaltender Callum Booth, who was a, a free agent signing. Um, he's only got 13 games in the American Hockey League. Uh, a majority of those games are, are in the minor pro system are within the East Coast Hockey League. So he's got some familiarity, especially playing for the Atlantic Gladiators last season. He got into, uh, I think, 19 games or 13 games or something like that. But um, the Bruins signed him. I don't know what exactly for. I'm assuming it's going to be for the role. But um, it's kind of weird that uh, the the um, Jacksonville Iceman goaltender is now placed on reserve. So now you have a tandem of of uh, Callum Booth and Kyle Kaiser down in down in Jacksonville. Nice. So um, I I'm going to expect to see more players come down to Jacksonville in the near future. Uh, it all really depends on how the American Hockey League is going to work out and if that's going to happen or not. Um, if it doesn't happen, you could definitely see a, an influx of players being sent down to, to Jacksonville to finish out the season. And they're not, they're not very good right now. I think they're 1-4. Um, and, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a tough team that it's, it's still putting pieces together. But um, it's good to have these players play and get some reps and, and so on. So that yeah, is, I mean, uh, yeah, in this climate, yeah. That's the update for uh, the East Coast League. That's awesome. it for me. Um, next item on the agenda is the anniversary of the brawl in the stands, December 23rd, 1979. I just turned seven years old. Mike Milbury, Terry O'Reilly, maybe even Peter McNabb was in there. All went into the stands at Madison Square Garden, Bruins Rangers. Mike Milbury famously took a guy's shoe off and bashed him over the head with it. <laughs> uh, sure. It was, it's an epic, it's an epic, if it ever happened today, oh my God, you'd never hear the end of it. There'd be, there'd be lawsuits and, and arrests oh, made. Cancel culture would attack. Uh, it would be, it would be the end. I mean, you'd have barbed wire all across the top of the ice, uh, <laughs> top of the uh, glass going forward. But um but yeah, that was quite a, a scene back in, and that's when New York City in the late seventies was a mess. I mean, they that was just a, a zoo. Uh, I remember going to the Bronx with my dad for Yankees Red Sox games and being legitimately scared. I mean, it was just a it was just a difficult, a tough place to be back in the late seventies, early eighties, and it was quite the memory. Um, Heather, what are your thoughts on the brawl in the stands? That was quite. I remember watching it as a kid and and just and just being in awe of having players in the stands with ice skates on in the stands. <laughs> well, crazy. I'm younger than you, so I didn't get to actually see it live. I was a toddler or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I grew up as a Bruins fan of like, again, like we, you know, and my, you know, whatever. And you, we were born with the like, 
you should have seen Bobby Orr play. You should, you know what I mean? Like those players or you, like for me, it was like, like these were all quintessential Boston. But when I was a kid, before I knew who Art Ross was or whatever, who, you know, I love Milt Smith, but I didn't know who the hell he was when I was five. Like, right. you know what I mean? But I right. did know who Mike Milbury was and Terry O'Reilly, you know what I mean? So I love Mike Milbury and that's my favorite part of the story because really it popped off on the ice because someone got slashed or something. The goalie boarded him. I don't know. And then everyone started fighting and then someone smashed Jonathan in the face with like a program or something, drew blood. And that's when O'Reilly flipped out and started. It was like 18 players ended up. The best part is that Milbury goes back to the dressing room. It's like, where the hell is everyone? Chiva's like, oh yeah, there's something going on. He goes back out and ends up beating a dude with his own shoe. <laughs> How could he not love Mike Milbury? Like uh, that's just he's, old he's school. Yeah. Big bad Bruins. Classic. Like the whole damn team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fighting. Back in the old Boston, New York rivalries. And yeah, it was, it was a mess. That was a crazy time for sure. Um, and there's some great news from uh, David Pasternak. Gave away his, his Honda that he won in the All-Star game, I believe, to a, a registered nurse. It was a nice, really nice gesture I saw. Uh, registered nurse have been battling COVID, you know, helping with COVID patients and such. And Pasta with a really nice gesture to give away the car. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the Bruins do a lot of those types of things, but hockey players are a different breed. I just think that they are. They... They tend to do a lot, you know, they tend to be really caring, giving, you know, sort of, uh, you know, not, not all, but, but most seem to be down to earth type of people. And pasta has shown his personality through commercials and he has a great sense of humor. And, um, you know, he's just been a, he's just really blossomed. He's still very young. He's 24, but he's really blossomed here as a great personality. Not, not only that, but, uh, obviously a great player, but a great personality too. Did you see the video, you guys, of, right. like, so, uh, Caitlin Hagstrom, which, like, Matt said, she's a nurse at Tufts or whatever, frontline worker, so Pasta's, like, apparently, he's gonna give away his car, like, and she's a big Bruins fan, so she gets called in thinking it's, like, the her, like, performance review meeting, and there's a message from pasta knock that he's giving her a car and he was saying like i was raised by a single mom and i know how hard it is so this woman is raising her kids and dealing with all that crazy stuff that parents and teachers have been dealing with and also fighting this pandemic and he gave her this car and like blades uh dropped off the car you know what i mean it was full mm. of, like with stuff yeah, it was and cool. just, mm. like i just feel like especially pastas like you definitely know he knows how he grew up and he's not someone who's getting a big hit. like for him he's like yeah i scored 50 goals what's up guys like that's cool i can't wait to call my mom you know he, he doesn't have an ego and like really it just it was a nice video and like he really they're now he's not even doing it because they do these annual things now people you know sometimes they just to be good and out there so it was just nice and i was i say very nice. Um, so next item on the agenda, and some more good news. MB, uh, NBC Sports Nest, uh, or NBC Sports Network, is going to air the Isabel Cup semifinals and finals of the Women's Professional Hockey League. So Boston Pride, obviously, they're a very good team in that league before it's uh, shut down due to COVID. Paul Mara, the coach. And this will be the first time a professional uh, women's hockey league will be on net- network TV. Uh, and it's a really cool thing for them. It's a really cool to get the exposure. And and uh, and like I said before, women's hockey's come a long way. I mean, a long way. 
and it's a really good product on the ice now and uh women's players have, have come a long way and and it's a really it's really cool to have a a boston team and, and to have a good boston team and they'll be on they'll be on network tv which is really cool i know how they're a big proponent of women's hockey so it's, it must be really nice to see yeah, and I know Mark was pumped. I saw he had tweeted, and I kind of piggybacked on him about go support the Pride. Mm. Um, Mark, what are your thoughts? Are you pumped? I am. Like, I'm looking forward to the, the the whole bubble scenario in Lake Placid. I mean, we all know the history of Lake Placid, 1980, about, you know, Mike Rizzioni and, and all this this awesomeness that happened uh, there. Um, it's an inspirational thing, too, but it's also a, um, a really good thing for, for personal health with all these these teams in this league. Um, so it's going to be a, a nice little tournament. Uh, I'm happy it's going to be televised. This is this is the type of stuff, this is the type of attention that puts the um, women's hockey over the threshold even more than it than it should be and it gets creates more attention. And hopefully that um, you know, when we get vaccinated and all this shit goes away that these these networks can still say this is a great product. We want to continue doing this and move forward with this and continue to uh, to grow the game on the female side of it. it because everybody loves hockey, whether they're male, female, or whatever. It's just it's 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 just time. It's time for teams. To, and I know we're under a flat cap and we're all under money problems. But once we get away from all this pandemic bullshit, NHL teams should really start considering fronting a little bit of money towards these uh these ladies and start sponsoring individual teams and start making maybe possibly a 31 team league that they could possibly travel around you know i mean there's so many possibilities to grow the game Uh, just hopefully they do it appropriately because it just seems like every year this is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and technology is really the forefront of getting everything out there to, to 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 see what these ladies can do, the skill that they provide. I've seen so many games on Twitch. I'm amazed every time I see these ladies skate. They're just tremendous athletes, and I, I just think that they, they deserve more uh, on a worldwide level. Yeah, that's what I'm like. The NHL needs to – I don't want them to dominate the women's league. Do you know what I mean? I want them to support and help, you know – affiliate with it not you know steamroll it because here's a tip nhl the ladies are going to make it happen with or without your help and it might take longer without your help but they're starting to steamroll this league the nwhl is a great product all the teams they're fun on social media and like because i follow all the teams like they're fun like boston and toronto are chirping each you know just in toronto's the new team they just got their sixth team this year so they'll be joining them in the bubble in lake placid so at least we know they can come this side of the board. and how how <laughs> ironic know. is it that the boston team owns the toronto team <laughs> I know, and um yeah so like i mean first of all the boston pride are badasses you want big bad you know boston hockey like back like these ladies they're they're modern women in a world where girls can kick some ass at sports and they are bringing it and they're going to show that they are worth the money. You know what I mean? And I'm very excited that NBCSN, which I always mess up with NBC, whatever thing, because the call logs, but they see it. They're willing to take the chance because they want to see what's going to happen. And they're going to see that for regular hockey fans, no one really cares. It could be, like morning peewee hockey, people will watch it. It could be women, men, professional leagues, they'll watch it. But they're going to see that advertisers 
are going to get in on it. Some of the teams have been picking up bigger advertisers, this and that. And once they start getting their own root money, that actually is going to work probably to their advantage because if they start getting the attention of these national television, they don't have to worry so much about how they're going to get, you know, broadcast. But why can't you show both sets of the game? So anyways, follow the Boston Pride. These women are awesome. All the women in this league are awesome. Great product like Matt said. And just overall, not just this league, but around the world, you know, women's hockey is growing and it's strong. And you, as a Boston fan, should be supporting the Boston Pride if you are not. If you'd like to support one of the other teams, do that too. Just support women's hockey. It's great. And give these young girls now that really are growing up in a world where they're going to have a league to play in, see women playing in a professional league and let them aspire to that the same way that our sons look up, you know, cause there's plenty of daughters that their whole lives have been like, Oh, I want to be Bobby Orr, but now they have their own defensemen they can look up to. And I do think that's important, not because I don't think males and females sure. can be role models to each other, but I do think it's important to see people in your own image as people talk about, you know, the sure. more you see people who look like you and seem like you and grew up like you and no matter what, that is good for any kid to grow and see that. And we're a multi-nation, you know, like, we're multicultural, we're multinational, we're multi-sport, like support it all because Agreed. everybody should be able to dream. And I'm glad to see that the dream of a solid product and a solid league, you know, with some real legs on the ground mm-hmm. to move it forward from here. And this is just a great opportunity. Sorry, I'll stop babbling. Well said. I, I agree. No, I agree. Uh, all right, Heather, ask BNG time. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do got? it. Hold on. I, I'm a spaz. I have to unlock this. Okay. So John, I know John got uh, a lot. He had asked record predictions for this year, question mark. Ooh. I don't, normally I keep a list of the records that could go. Um, so I'm not quite sure. Or it says record predictions for this year. Not sure. It's a tweet. So. Um, I, I think the Bruins are going to win the division. So whatever amount of wins that is, I, I, I like them winning this division. Again, as long as Rask is engaged and they stay away from COVID, you know, for the most part, and they're healthy for the most part, and Pashnak comes back and is in his 100%, and I think they win a division. So, I am going to say um, they're going to come in second to Philly with the second-place record. I'm not sure what it is because I'm not good with numbers in a 56-game season. So, yeah, I'm not the math guy here. Um, right. So, but they're still going to do, I think they're still going to do good. I think they're still going to make the playoffs. Um, and hopefully that even though that they're in second place, it's not something that Don Sweeney has to pull the panic button to make it some, you know, weird trade that's going to, um, I don't know, I don't know, mess something up moving forward. But yeah, that's just my opinion. I think they're going to be all right. I think they're pretty much where they would have been if we were in our regular division. Do you know what I mean? Like they haven't, they haven't decreased themselves so much that they should be fighting for like being in the top four to make the playoffs. Uh, and they should end up one or two. If they don't, it's going to just be, you know, who knows with this team. Sometimes just things happen. Like, so um, it'll, I don't know. I'm not like super confident. Like I think they're going to roll in this division, but I, just because there are some young teams like the Islanders or Philly or whatever, you know, and Pittsburgh's always a pain in the ass and things like that. Washington will still be a pain in the ass. It's not like they don't have Alex Ovechkin still, even if they don't quite know what their goaltending is looking like. So I think we'll do well, though. We'll be one or two. And I think, you know, once 
once you're in, the Bruins know how to win playoffs and playoff games, and they'll get themselves at least a little deep. But who knows? So right now, I just hope that we can predict that the season goes off. We don't have to postpone a lot of games. There isn't a lot of right. cases. So hopefully we get from here to July, and the Stanley Cup is awarded to somebody by July 9th. <laughs> That's it. Sure. All right, so... Um, I, I'm just going to give a report to Andrew who sent the funniest SBNG. Will Mark be able to record this episode or will there be distinct chattering of his teeth? I'm happy to report. Um, I do not hear <laughs> chattering that I'll have to edit out. So instead of no. uh, answering that, uh, Mark, he responded with a laughing John Goodman. So that's yes, always yes, that's my and boy. I just have to say that's my that boy Andrew, and everything is warm at the B and G studios yeah, he's now. He's got the long John underwear on. He's, he's oh yeah, <laughs> well, nice and warm. Like, <laughs> All right, so <laughs> Clovis Roy, uh, Clovis Roy won. Uh, he asked, "Will Smith steal the second line winger spot? Also, will the Bees sign a D man to play with McAvoy, excluding Z? Not talking about Zdeno Chara." I don't know about this one. This is uh, like the, the whole theory about bringing in another defenseman and, and exposing one to the ex, uh, Seattle uh, uh, expansion draft is a little scary for me. So I, I don't know about that. Um, the Smith thing does intrigue me a little bit because I can see him playing uh, with a healthy Pasternak on the second or third line, rotating between Kasha and himself, um, and possibly as high as the first line. Uh, for the first month that Pasta is going to be out as he s- continues to recover. So, I mean, I, I, I honestly think that this Smith signing is a sneakingly good signing for the Boston Bruins just for this matter, that he is a right winger and a center, but he pr- predominantly pays the right side. Um, you know, this is good to to get him involved and up higher in the lineup than he normally would see uh, with Pasternak out. So we'll just go from there and... You know, and make adjustments. And if he plays very well, who knows where Pasternak could end up? Possibly down on the second line, and and, and Kasha comes down on the third line to work with Coyle and somebody else. So there's so many possibilities, to be honest. Yeah, I I think with Pasta out, he may play the first line to start the year. But I'm really intrigued by a Coyle Smith Bjork line. I really I really would like them to try that because I think that Smith and Coyle are very good puck possession guys. And then you have Bjork who can score a little bit. He's got a little bit of, you know, touch and offensive game that I think needs to be that he needs to improve on and, and show. And I think that's a that's a pretty good third line. Um, but it also depends on Stadnika. It depends on Kasha and, and, and if what, what a one, one or two of those guys can produce. If they can't, then Smith is going to have to be brought up to potentially even the first line. Uh, but it's going to be a year where people are in and out of the lineup, and it's going to be hard to really nail down lines and keep them keep them going from game to game. But I think overall, I think you'll see Smith in the second line probably with Krejci. But I'd like to see him on the third line. Um, keep Kasha with Krejci and see what he can do, and uh, and DeBrusque, and then have Coyle and and uh, and Bjork and Smith and give them a go. I, I think Coyle and Smith together could really be a really difficult third line to play against. Agreed. So, Agreed. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that. Um, I mean, Craig Smith was like everyone's like it wasn't the, a giant signing, but for the same reason people keep they won't let Mike Hoffman go. It's the same kind of thing. You get a kind of consistent player, you know, in that role. I think Craig Smith is going to be all. I was actually thinking that he'll end up being the second line right winger if Kasha does not, you know, if they stop moving those around. And I don't know, it's hard for me because I, 
Like Stadnika, I kind of was wondering what a Stadnika coil Bjork line would look like for now, you know, for the first real year of like being in the 12 starters, like pretty consistently, you know, but Smith has a very good chance of ending up being the second line right winger. I don't think he'll necessarily steal it because I do still feel it's more like Kasha's to lose at this point still. And, you know, but Craig Smith, I think, would be better for that interchangeable right wing, whether it's injury, you know, until pasta gets back or just generally sometimes you have to bump up. But, yeah, so that's hard. It's really going to, I think, come down to what Kasha and Stadnika do as well at camp because, there's, you know, they're still looking at Stadnika like, yeah, you know, you're going to – where are you going to end up, you know? But I also think maybe having the youth down without so much pressure, it's almost better to have, like, a Craig Smith up that's handled more minutes and more time and has more experience in that role. But I think that signing is going to definitely work out for us overall. What a, um, the D man thing. I think we're just rolling with the young kids. What do you guys think? I think so too. Whatever yeah. Happens. I think I, I don't see them. People, I, I just think that people are still hanging on to those early comments by Sweeney and Neely saying they're going to make these, they, they just can't get over the fact they're not going to make a move. They're just not going to do it. They're not going to sign Mike Hoffman. They're not going to trade for a defenseman. They're not. We're two. We're a week away from camp. Like it's not happening, folks. So stop. So it's this is the group that they're going with, and it's a shortened season, and they feel good about a couple of the young guys they have. They're going to give it a go, and then go from there and evaluate from there. And that's they're not signing. Or, or trading for anybody of major value, like Mark said, they can they need to expose the guy in the expansion draft. They need to move money around. There's certain guys making money like John Moore and Kasha that nobody wants that they would have to move on from because there's just not enough cap room. So we need, just need to stop. Stop it. It's not going to happen. So Holy shit, I forgot about Nick Ritchie for a second, too. He's <laughs> another one I could use to... Yeah, I mean, I want you to do what you should be able to do, but you just haven't so far. But again, I know he's young, and I need to give him a second look. But cool. Uh, I don't know. So I guess that's it. I definitely don't think they're going out and getting a defenseman, though. Like, we just... That will all happen next summer once everything shakes out. Um, all right. So Ray Guarino asks, uh, since taxi squad players can't play in the AHL, should the Bruins bring the veteran, bring in a veteran goalie? Oh, geez, I just hit it. Like Mike Condon uh, on a league minimum salary instead of stunting the development of the young goalies. You sort of started touching upon this earlier, Mark. I didn't know if you had any further thoughts also, Matt. And yeah, I'll just, give it. Just, to, just to answer Ray's question, absolutely. I'm, I'm all for that. Uh, you, it's an emergency situation, so you're gonna have a guy that is, is signed to a, a very low term just for this year. Um, even bring in a PTO. I mean, Arizona Coyotes brought in uh, Zane McIntyre on a PTO to see what he can do. So, I mean, anything's possible. Uh, but no, Mike Condon is a Massachusetts kid guy, um, father state trooper. Um, you know, it could could fit that role. And like I said, I was thinking about um, Ryan Miller, but you're not, you're not going to get him off the West Coast. I think he's going to retire there because his right. wife is an actress right. and she works out there. So, um, right. yeah, I mean, to get somebody with experience just for an emergency role. Um, now, here's how it's going to work. It's like, say if like Callum Booth was, was the guy, the third goaltender. All right, so Rask gets injured. Now Halak's your starting goaltender, but until somebody of significance like a Dan Vladar is allowed to go onto the roster, 
you have that extra buffer room right there until he, until his arrival. And obviously, Callum Booth can go down. So there's there's still there's you're still going to fluctuate between your AHL roster and your um, and your NHL roster when it comes to um, you know getting people where they need to be. I don't know where I was going with that, but I'll just end it right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the cheap veteran route because I don't. I just think it puts too much. It it just takes kids away from getting some time and it just sits them on their bench to rot. And I don't think you need to do that. I nope. just think you need to go veteran guy. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, I don't know specifically what goalie that should be, but like we talked about earlier, I don't think Dan Vladar should be sitting there just kind of not, huh. you know, withering away from any development he's playing. had over these years. So um, there were just a couple. I just don't want to not acknowledge these people because of everything that happened. And then we didn't do the traditional pod last Sunday. So, um, Thomas Nystrom had asked, uh, who's going to be the new quarterback for the power play? Krug is more or less had that role, obviously. We know that. So who, just real quick, do you think is going to be the quarterback? I think it's Grizzlick because although I, I've always said they're two totally different players, kind of the way they pass the puck and stuff is very similar. So I think really I would love him and McAvoy on first unit power play. That's just I, I think Charlie McAvoy, this is Charlie McAvoy's coming out party when it comes to power play and offensive. We're going to really start to see his skill because he hasn't shown, he hasn't been given the opportunity, nor has he shown what he's capable of offensively. He's capable of much more, and he is going to be your power play. It's part of the reason why they were okay with letting Crew go, I think, is that they think that he can do, he can rush the puck very well. He can shoot the puck, you know, although he doesn't do it enough, I don't think. And he passes tape to tape very well. So I, I think Charlie McAvoy will be the quarterback of the power play, and I think this is his coming out party. Yeah, I'm I'm with Matt, um, but I'm going to turn it, spin it just a little, a little differently. There is a power play one and a power play two. So these two players, Matt Grizzlick and uh, Charlie McAvoy, are going to have ample opportunities during camp and in season to earn different spots. Um, so uh, power play two with Grizzlick and power play one uh, in quarterbacked by by McAvoy is not a bad idea. And if one's not playing well, you can easily flip it and, and right. create create internal competition for something like that. Um, yeah. You know, the, the Bruins, we all know as Bruins fans, the Bruins are very reliant on their power play. I want to see them get more five on five scoring. Uh, that's a very key thing as secondary scoring as well. I mean, I, I would like to see three lines of um, of just an onslaught of offense against teams that are going to come at you with that same thing. The Rangers have gotten better over the years with it, Panarin. The, uh, the Flyers have drafted so well. Their kids are starting to come up and be significant players in the league. Um, I, I mean... There's so many teams out there that you can you could say that they're going to come at you hard, and I think that in this new, air quote, uh, Eastern Division, uh, you're going to see some powerful teams, and the Bruins uh, uh, should not um, should not sit back. And it, and and to me, it's very important to come out strong in the season. This is you don't want to lay an egg for the first couple of weeks because it's going to cost you in the last couple. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you're going to see them do the four forward uh, power play unit one thing uh, with Krejci because that was successful at the end of the year. I think you're going to see them go four forwards on that first unit and then Coyle and Smith probably uh, in that group of second power play unit, I think. But I think you'll see Krejci, Bergeron, Marcia, and Pasternak and then McAvoy in that first power play unit. 
All right, we'll see what happens with that. And uh, just one more, we, um, Chad McVean, we, we'll skip the part about as Char played his last game. We've already talked about Char today. We kind of all know where we stand on that. But uh, would bringing in Hoffman to play with Krejci possibly work to re-signing both for next year? That's one part. And then there's one other question. It's a goaltender question we'll do after. So what do you guys think? I'm not that I do understand why people want Hoffman, but I also have let the Hoffman go. Like Craig Smith's going to have to be that kind of signing for us. What do you think? Boyd? Yeah, I, I'm going to call every general manager in the league to see who can sign this guy. So I can stop hearing about it. <laughs> like honest to God, like I, Mike Hoffman is not going to be a Boston Bruin. I would bet. I don't have anything, but if I had stuff, I would bet it all that he's not going to be on the team. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same thing. I don't think the cap space, I don't care what people say and, and sources that are saying it, I don't think the cap space is going to work um, unless you're going to trade some significant player out of the current lineup to make room and still have a little bit of wiggle room uh, when it comes to cap space uh, for the trade deadline, which is cr- going to be very important and crucial in Don Sweeney's tenure coming up here in a shortened season. So... I, I I don't I don't see it. Would I like to see it? Yeah, I would because I like his offense. I like he can put in thirty goals a year and so on. What I don't like about it is his term. He wants one year. Um, and I, there's another rumor that came up this morning that says that he's um up for multi years, but uh, who knows about that? But I'm going with one year. A player like Mike Hoffman to me is the type of player that if you can't make it work this season. You have something like him in place for next year to go after it again, and I don't like the I don't like that. If he was here for two years and he wanted a two year deal, yes, you go out and try to make that happen. But right. on a one year, it's just he's a flight risk. If he's not happy right. here and the Bruins do well, not win, they do not make the playoffs. Do you think he's going to want to stick around? Absolutely not. Well, that's an excellent point because you could potentially go to sign him next year because if he signs the one year deal wherever. Then you have Krejci and Rask, two people coming off the books at seven million per. You have money there, yep. the room there. Forty-four, to sign him forty-four to million. Yeah, so maybe you explore it the following year and let him sign his one-year deal wherever. Who cares? But that's and then make that, a rush. That's also going to put a um, a bidding war between him and Taylor Hall as the as the highest um, right. uh, profiled free agents after next season. Right. 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 I was going to actually say specifically to this point that one, we don't know if Krejci is resigning that next season yet because he is one of the people who do come off the books. Now I've made it clear. I think Krejci is going to play one more year, not for seven mil, but like something, che- you know, still like three mil or whatever, one year. And then he's That's either going to go back home and play, or he's going to and retire from the NHL and go home and play, or he's just going to retire and move on. Cause you know, they'll be like 35, 36, whatever they are by that point. But my thing with Hoffman is exactly what Mark pointed out. I don't love or hate Hoffman. I think he would, he's perfectly fine if we had him. I think he would be a good addition. He's got a lot of offense, this and that. I also don't think he's so special that when nobody else is getting $5 million or whatever the ridiculous one-year contract he wants is, you're not that good guy. You're just not. And there's a reason no one is solidly trying to go after you. If you were that valuable, you know, Again, if you had two years and you're paying three mil a year for you for two years, now you're talking, okay? I'd be all about get him, we'll have him the next year, and then we can go from there as we decide what to do with all these young kids, move it on, Krejci, to whoever's leaving, people coming in. 
But other than that, let it go, dude. And also, he can't be that hot of a commodity, dude. I understand teams might have been cont- contacting Zanino Chara, but not signing yet. He's 43 years old. He's a 43-year-old defenseman. You are like a 29-year-old forward. Like, there is no reason if you are worth your five mil. Kind of like how DeBrusque had to say, okay, I know in my own head Those... I'd like $6 million, but in reality, I'm getting $3 million. Chick, chick, at least I'm getting a paycheck. Right yeah. now, you're floating out there in no man's That was man. his decision. Hey, yeah, that's that his. De- that's his decision to wait until the final eleventh hour to pull a deal yeah. with somebody. So it's not on somebody going out and begging him and doing this. Yeah. It's it's on him. So yeah, it'd be done with if that was how important he was to play for somebody's team right now in this cap world. But right. in this cap world, I'd rather have Craig Smith, which is more reasonable to what he's worth and his value, and is going to give me that same kind of infusion that we need into our offense. So. Yeah, I, th- I think the Bruins want like their little bit of buffer of salary cap money right now. I think they want to keep that there. I don't think they want to go right up against the cap because I think they want to be able to have the flexibility to make a move in April if they need to. And I just don't think Mike Hoffman, like Mark said, like you bring him in for one year, you know, okay, great, but is he really does he does he does he make you more of a Stanley Cup contender? I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, you can make that argument, I guess, but do you really want to put all your eggs in that basket for one year? He comes in and then you don't win and then he walks and then you had to give up somebody to clear space. And I don't know. I just, it's not that I don't like Mike Hoffman. I mean, I like guys who put the puck in the nest. That's fine. But I like the idea of maybe going after him the, the year after, yeah. as Mark was saying. So That's solid. Uh, the last little part of this, and that wraps up the BNGs for 2020, is real quick, of Rask or Halak, which one is back for 2021-22? Or neither, I guess, really, could be the option, right? They're both on the side. Uh, Rask is younger. I'm going with two. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, Halak. I think, I, think they'll, I think they'll have Halak, and I think they'll probably go, when they'll have some cap space, I think they'll go get a guy to bridge even a little bit more for the young guys they have um, because the young guys aren't going to get a ton of time this year. So there's not going to be a ton of development to have them ready the following year. I don't think Rask is coming back. I, I don't, there's something up there. He's either retiring or, or I just don't think he's coming back. Uh, but I think they could bring Halak back for one more year, similar deal just as insurance uh, and as a decent backup. Nice. All right. So, all right. So, so next, uh, so there, there it is. Thank you, Heather. Uh, so this week in uh, Bruins history, we don't have one this week because I was kind of a uh, shit show this morning. Uh, so, <laughs> so we'll just we'll just use the anniversary of the brawl in the stands. Yes, the brawl in the stands. That's the, right. Uh, December twenty third, nineteen seventy nine. I was four years old. Don't remember yes. it, but thank God for yeah. YouTube and video. Absolutely. Yeah, that was uh, well, actually, you could you could point to any winter classic because January 1st is winter classic time. Yes, it is. So that's when they beat the uh, Flyers at Fenway and they yep. lost to the Canadians at uh, Gillette. Yes. On, uh, Adorable. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah, game. I, went, I went to that game, the Canadians game. That was the worst. I did, too. Winter. It was not good. Oh, it's awful. Um, oh, it's terrible. It you guys so are bad. suckers because I was at my aunt's house drinking some hot cocoa sitting at home going, man, I've been to Gillette. Those seats must suck. If it sucked at Fenway for angles and space, uh, and you're right on top of, like, well, I was space. way up. I was freezing, and I was hanging out with Steve Dangle. So sorry. 
that's pretty fucking awesome. So and I only got to I only got to say hi to him. I walked by and I was like, Dangle, and he goes, Bruins man. I was like, uh, sounds like him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, quick end of the 2020 thoughts from you guys. We'll start with Mark. Your your thoughts on an end to a quite an eventful year. Somebody hit the plunger and let's flush this bowl of nastiness i'm ready for 2021 i'm ready to move on i'm ready for hockey i'm ready for bng sports media company to take a bigger leap in 2021 um i'm, I'm ready to do this with a, a great great crew you guys are amazing uh between the podcasters and the writers that we have the 28 folks we have there this you guys drive this whole i'm just steering you guys are the workhorses here and I, I totally appreciate that. So for that, 2021 was good because we have a great company and we're, we're, we're really uh, making a stamp moving forward. But uh, I'm really excited for hockey to return and then just uh, to increase this this um, this black and gold freight train that we, we're currently on. So thank you Absolutely. all and thank you everybody that, that works at B&G. You guys are just amazing people. Heather, what are your thoughts on 2020? Um one, I am grateful for this BNG family. Like just, I'm just a small part of it, but like, just again, like the BNG family is awesome. Very happy to have you have come aboard with me and Mark. You're a good moderator because sometimes Mark and I are grouchy or whatever. So you're a good like <laughs> third person and you're fun. And I think you're, you know, whatever. Like I, I like to agree to disagree. And I feel like we, we do that when we're sitting here, just fans fun and like you know whatever there's not like you know which is good because you don't get that you know all the time in the world it's always biting i'm grateful that i've survived to this point in 2020 i'm happy hockey's back i'm glad my kid gets to still play hockey hasn't been shut down again i'm glad my kids are healthy and happy and i'm ready to party like it's 1999 next week not 2009 not 2019 i'm partying like it's prince now it's gonna party like it's 1999 and i'm having a millennial princess party i'm just saying nice. that's my thoughts awesome um my thoughts are I'm, I'm glad it's over and i'm glad we could turn the page i'm looking forward to spring uh and you know we should thank mark allred for I mean, he works tirelessly on this, on the Black and Gold Productions company, and he's he's built it for so long here. And it's really just the website change and the writers that we have, the team we have, and the podcast network, and and just it's, it's gone leaps and bounds even since I started within like uh, end of summer. So it's uh, it's been really great. And Mark works constantly constantly he's tweeting out hey i'm going to the bng studios i don't know if he has a wife or <laughs> he's still alive or what's going on my courtney's very supportive thank you she, she must be i mean that's because she's uh, watching her show films. doing whatever she's doing yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's great um so so yeah it's it's been it's been great and it's it's great to spend you know we do these on sundays great to spend sundays with you guys talking hockey and we've been able to do it through a pandemic and also through an off season and still able to put out a good product and lots of content. And it's been in every single day we have content on those on the website. And that leads me into the blackandgoldhockey.com. And you want to go there, blackandgoldhockey.com, for any articles, insight, speculation, a tremendous team of writers. Uh, and it'll be ramping up here as the season begins. Any information you want about the Bruins, you go there first. Um, and follow us on Twitter and all of those things. And 
Uh, there's some great content on there. Anything black and gold, all brewing stuff all the time. And uh, check that out. And also our, uh, our podcast network of, of podcasts as well. And uh, we have some great shows out there. And it's just a really, really good group of passionate Bruins fans um, who put out great content. So that's, uh, that's that. Uh, and Mark's going to give us some words on how to watch him on Sportscaster. Yes, Tuesday night, uh, folks, we get with the Dump and Change boys and we just uh, create a little bit of havoc in the world of, uh, of hockey. Uh, Nick and Jared from the Dump and Change Hockey Podcast, go follow them on all the uh, listening platforms. That's at uh, the letter N underscore change. Uh, follow on Twitter and uh, they're great guys and we do, we've do we been doing it for a few weeks now and, and we're going to continue to do it. And also doing the Saturday social coming back, um, this just to nice. get together and so on, have a couple of drinks, talk some bees, mm-hmm. possibly watch a, a prospect game or a Boston Bruins game, who knows, but uh, that's nice. sportscaster.com. Uh, go there, sign up, and uh, you'll be able to get involved in the live chat and ask us questions. And if you're, uh, if you're good and so on, you can, yeah, like Heather, Heather's very good. Uh, she can come on and uh, be, and join me as a host sometime soon. So hopefully, maybe maybe even this week. Who knows? But uh, it's a lot of fun. What I was gonna say is that the opening game versus New Jersey is actually a Saturday night. If you want to jot oh, that down. So oh sticky. snap! Oh. oh snap! I'll toast to that. All right, we'll have to make it happen now. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I think that's uh, the schedule now. Content, uh, content, content. Um, and there's also some great items if you donate through Patreon, Mark. Oh, we have gotten so many great folks that have donated on our Patreon campaign. Please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast. Donate just one dollar for some fantastic prizes. I'm not even gonna put the prizes up anymore because you can't see them in this stupid screen, but I will put them for the YouTube video uh, for the YouTube YouTubers that are watching this video uh, right here, right now, as uh, as I'm talking. But we have uh, signed jersey from uh, Terry O'Reilly, um, Jerry Chivas, Anders Bjork, uh, Charlie Coyle, and, um, and recently got Derek Sanderson. So we're super stoked. Those are going to be given away once a month. The other prizes are from Fanatics, the Boston Pride, um, uh, our own B&G gear. I mean, we're, we're going to be giving away something every week starting the 3rd next week next sunday right from now boom it is patreon giveaways so uh i'm going to be doing a board uh a private video and so on and uh we'll uh, release the winners on twitter and i'll send an individual email to get their address and we'll send it right out but it's just a dollar folks that's it signed jersey from a legend like like derek sanderson for just a buck awesome so that's a really cool idea really cool opportunity for our for fans of the uh, Black and Gold Hockey Productions, uh, you know the podcasts and the and the articles that we write on on BlackandGoldHockey.com. It's a great way to get involved, and it's also a great way to get rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. And that'll wrap up episode two hundred nine, the last episode of twenty twenty. Woo! Rate and review, rate and review. Yes, rate review and subscribe and all those things. Yes. And share it with your friends and. And convince your friends to listen. Even if your grandmother doesn't like hockey, make her listen to yeah, it. Yeah, make turn it down. And she can turn it on and go in the other room. It's fine. Yeah, it's just, it's, fine. it's, it's something to nap to. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, my Heather and Mark, it's been great. And we're looking forward to a great 2021. I hope you guys have a great new year. Yes, you yeah, too, Matt.
Awesome. Everyone's well, safe, happy, yeah. and safe. That's what everybody If you go out and party, please Uber or cab it. Do not drink and drive, please. Yes, be responsible and have a great weekend. And wear a mask. Mask yes, it. Wear a mask. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye, guys. All right, bye. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.